Webster's Dictionary defines compliance as the action or fact of complying with a wish or command. This is the Compliance Guy. The Compliance Guy. As a healthcare provider or healthcare professional, navigating the muddy waters of compliance can get tricky. And that's why we're here. Helping you mitigate risk while increasing your profitability. This is the Compliance Guy. Now, here's your host, Sean Weiss. All right, everybody, welcome to this episode of The Daily Dose on The Compliance Guy. I'm your host, Sean Weiss. As always, I want to begin by saying thank you all so much for tuning in and logging on and just hanging out with me for a little while as I get to talk about all things healthcare compliance. So today, I want to pick on a program that I don't think gets enough attention, and it's the CERT program better known as the Comprehensive Error Rate Testing. Now, this program, what it does is it produces a national Medicare fee-for-service improper payment rate that's compliant with the Payment Integrity Information Act of 2019 and the implementing guidance in the Office of Management and Budget Circular. Now, the CERT program what it does is it evaluates a stratified random sample of Medicare fee-for-service claims to make a determination as to whether they were paid or denied properly under Medicare coverage, coding, and billing rules. So the CERT program, what it does is it, it takes into consideration any payment for a claim that should have been denied or that was made in the wrong amount. And this includes both overpayments and underpayments. And they look at this as an improper payment. Now remember, the claim can be counted as either a total or a partial improper payment, depending on what the error actually is. Then what happens is the findings get projected to an entire universe of Medicare fee-for-service claims because the CERT program ensures a statistically valid random sample. So therefore, what that means is that the improper payment rate calculated from the sample is then considered to be reflective of all claims processed by the Medicare fee-for-service program during that specific reporting period. Now, keep in mind that the results of the improper payment rates that are calculated, these actually get published annually in the Department of Health and Human Services Agency Financial Report and the CMS Financial Report. So let's, let's talk about the actual process. Because it begins when claims that have entered the claims processing system are extracted to create a claims universe. And that file gets transmitted to the CMS data center. And believe it or not, this is actually done on a daily basis. Now, from this, a random sample from the claims universe file is selected for inclusion in the CERT sample. And the sampled claims then get held 
for a predefined period to allow the claim to be processed and paid by the MAC. Now, after a waiting period, whatever it is, the sample information gets sent to the Medicare administrative contractor as a sampled claim transaction file. And then the MAC returns specific information about each claim to the CERT review contractor using the sampled claim resolution file. They look at things like claim history um, um, files, as well as um, any uh, provider address files that are created. And then the CERT program takes the information obtained from the MAC to then request documentation from your organization, from the provider that submitted the sample claim. This claim and all of the supporting documentation are then reviewed by a CERT review contractor to make a determination if the claim was paid or denied appropriately based on Medicare coverage, coding and billing rules, and that can include application of modifiers, medical necessity, unbundling, whatever it is. And then the CERT program collects additional information, again, from the MACs for each claim considered to be in error through what's referred to as a feedback process. All right, so let's, let's talk about additional documentation requests because ADRs handled through a CERT process are slightly different than those that we've addressed in previous episodes of the Compliance Guide in Chapter 3 of the Medicare Program Integrity Manual. So what happens is the review contractor sends the additional documentation request, right, the ADR, to the billing provider or supplier. And if the CERT review contractor determines that documentation is missing or insufficient to make a determination on a claim, then a subsequent ADR can be sent back to the billing provider or supplier, the ordering or referring physician, or a third party if it's determined there's one involved. Now, when you get a letter from a CERT, folks, don't don't put it off to the side and think, oh, it's just a, a comprehensive error rate you know, test and it's really for accuracy of how the claims are paid. Folks, they have an ability to assess an overpayment. They have an ability to recoup money through the CERT program. But beyond that, keep in mind, a CERT could lead to fraud investigations. Because the Medicare administrative contractor has an ability to contact the, the CERT review contractor's medical records manager to request a cease in provider or supplier contact because the provider or supplier may be part of an ongoing investigation, right? And when that happens, the MAC is then responsible for providing written confirmation of the request to cease making any further provider or supplier contract uh, a contact. And before the MAC sends it, remember, because they're a contractor as well, they have to send it to CMS in Baltimore and get their approval before doing it. 
Now, as I said, don't just put the letter aside because if documentation is not received within 75 days of the first ADR, the claim is listed as a no documentation error with a specific code. And once you hit that 76th day from the date of the first ADR, that's it. It's an overpayment being assessed against your organization. And now you have to go through an appeals process. Now, a MAC is required to do a couple of different things when they get an error code where there was no documentation received within 75 days. Um, and they get to do it at their discretion. So one option that they have is that they can contact providers who have failed to submit medical records and encourage them to submit the requested records to the CERT review contractor for review. Now, the second option that is available to them is to um, basically do what's called a MAC feedback and then simply collect the overpayment immediately from the provider. And they have to collect the overpayment within 10 business days of the deadline for entering their final MAC feedback. Now, it's important to keep in mind that you're not going to have any contact from a MAC until 30 days after the first CERT ADR has been reported, right? Because then the MAC can contact the third party and encourage them to send the needed medical record uh, documentation um, for review, you know, by the CERT. And it's important, you know, that, like I said, you, you just make sure that you're not providing an insufficient response to the ADRs. Make sure that you are understanding what is required. Now, if you miss your deadline, you need to engage in dialogue with the CERT and or the MAC because there are ways to submit late documentation. And again, there are very specific steps that have to be followed. Now, the last thing that I'll address here is that in a lot of the CERT audits that we get contracted on behalf of providers to engage in, we oftentimes, if we find a problem prior to allowing the documentation to be submitted for that CERT review, we will issue a voluntary refund in accordance with the 60-day rule. And by doing this, it really stops the process because now there's no further action that can be done during that review period because we've already made restitution to Medicare. And that's a good thing 
Because again, remember, under a cert audit, it can be escalated if there's a belief that there's fraud, waste, or abuse. So, folks, this is an area, as I said at the very beginning, that doesn't get a whole lot of attention. And I'm not sure why. Because certs have been around for a while, and they are only getting more and more prevalent. The number of cert requests for audit representation that I used to see um, prior to the pandemic were, you know, a, a handful each year, you know, three to five. Now it's three to five per week. So again, don't ignore a letter from a comprehensive error rate testing program contractor. All right, that's going to bring us to the end of this daily dose. Hope you found it to be enlightening and something that is useful to you in your daily workloads as you get more and more uh, various types of letters coming from different contractors, different agencies, different investigation organizations, and from the commercial payers. All right. Tomorrow we have a great podcast coming up with the one, the only, Frank Cohen, computational statistician, uh, king of data analytics. Can't tell you how much fun it was to really sit down and spend some time with my old friend. Uh, and I think y'all are going to enjoy that podcast as well. So until tomorrow, be good to yourself, but more importantly, be good to each other. You've been listening to The Compliance Guy. Sean has been doing this for 28 years. He holds 10 national board certifications. He's a partner and the vice president of compliance for Doctors Management, LLC. He's a subject matter expert in federal court. He's lectured at the most prestigious institutions. He's engaged with members of Congress in both chambers. So what we're saying is he's qualified? We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, you can find us on social media at The Compliance Guy. See you next time on The Compliance Guy.